When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Weekly, the T-Biz Podcast and T-Biz Blog offer business insights on the news that most impacts the tea industry. Paired with Tea Journey Magazine for tea enthusiasts, the T-Biz Portal is a global resource providing nuanced coverage for everyone who loves tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Kenya's parliament orders an inquiry into allegations of sexual abuse on tea plantations in Kiriko County. Commentators are labeling the investigation the Me Too moment for tea. Pakistan tea imports are piling up in Karachi, and several teas are listed among the top 10 non-alcoholic beverages in the world. Plus, this week, T-Biz reviews the true history of tea, a meticulously researched yet readable 280 pages of travel back in time. Kyle Whittington, founder of the Tea Book Club in London, describes the work of sinologist Victor Mayer and journalist Erling Ho as, quote, one of those rare instances where, rather than the dry read that the title suggests, the reader is instead treated to an engaging and captivating page-turner, end quote. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia Tea Estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. An extensively reported one-hour BBC Africa Eye documentary titled Sex for Work, The True Cost of Our Tea that aired this week tells the stories of more than a hundred women who describe abuse by their managers at tea gardens operated by Unilever and James Finley and Company. The disturbing allegations by 10 women on camera include scenes where a volunteer posing as a job seeker meets a 30-year veteran recruiter for James Finley and Company, 
In the recorded exchange, she is offered money and a job. Quote, We'll lie down, finish, and go, then you can come and work, says the recruiter. Hidden cameras capture propositions, threats, and incidents of sexual harassment at work. The women told BBC reporter Tom Odela that work contracts were scarce and that they were desperate. Mechanization has led to layoffs with one in three out of work. The tea workers say they have little choice but to satisfy their boss's demands. The incident described above was reported to the police. A company spokesman said that Finley is investigating whether its Kenyan operation, quote, has an endemic issue with sexual violence, end quote. Four workers have been suspended based on allegations, two working for Lipton Teas and Infusions, which promised a, quote, full and independent investigation, end quote. The incidents at Unilever's Caracal Properties occurred before they were sold to Lipton. Unilever told BBC it was, quote, deeply shocked and saddened, end quote, by the allegations. Unilever faced several allegations 10 years ago and launched a zero-tolerance reporting system and other measures. BBC reported evidence that allegations of sexual abuse were reported but not acted on. Beatrice Kamai, a member of the Kenyan Parliament representing Kiriko, told BBC that sexual harassment is entrenched at tea multinationals operating in the country. On Twitter, she urged all residents of Kiriko County, both men and women, to report any allegations of sexual harassment in their workplaces. Parliament's Deputy Secretary Gladys Sholey ordered a committee of legislators to investigate the allegations and report back in two weeks. Kenya's Ministry of Labor opened an investigation into possible violations of the Employment Act and Penal Code. UK High Commissioner to Kenya, Jane Marriott, urged tea companies to investigate, cooperate with Kenyan authorities, and take action to protect staff. The Kenya Plantation and Agricultural Workers Union demanded two tea farms immediately stop outsourcing labor through contractors. The Fair Trade Foundation said the allegations are, quote, appalling, nothing less than a Me Too moment for tea, end quote. Business Insight Starbucks took immediate action to suspend purchases from James Finlay and Company in Kenya. British supermarket chains Tesco and Sainsbury's both issued statements promising robust action to safeguard workers in their tea supply chains. The video is posted on YouTube and the BBC World website. Pakistan, a tea-thirsty country and the world's top tea importer in 2021, experienced an unprecedented decline in tea imports in 2022 due to calamity and economic distress so intense that government officials openly discouraged tea imports to conserve foreign exchange dollars. Retail prices surged 500 rupees to 1,600 rupees per kilo in the past 15 days. 
And in the weeks leading up to the celebration of Ramzan on March 22nd, could go as high as 2,500 rupees per kilo, about $9.50 U.S. The spike is linked to the inability to land 250 shipping containers that hold as much as 5.6 million kilos of African tea. Africa supplies 90% of Pakistan's black tea imports, and Pakistan, in turn, supplies Afghanistan with 87% of its tea. The Bank of Pakistan tightened payment terms on all imports to ease an economic crisis triggered by massive flooding, food inflation, and a currency crisis. Food imports that cost Pakistan $5.6 billion last year rose to $6 billion from July through January 2023. Foreign reserves are at $3.7 billion, a record low. To ease the situation, banks require suppliers to defer payments for 180 days or secure 180-day lines of credit, LCs. Containers are piling up as suppliers object outright or struggle with these terms. Distributors say customs officials refuse to accept payment of duties on consignments without documents agreeing to payment deferrals. Customs reports that 95% of the 8,500 containers currently import are awaiting letters of credit. Zishan Maksud, an executive member of the Pakistan Tea Association, told the Dawn newspaper that local banks are not opening LCs while awaiting instructions from the country's central bank. He predicts further delays will lead to shortages and higher prices as retailers are forced to ration supplies. In 2021, Pakistan imported $570 million worth of bulk black tea, valued at an average of $2.50 per kilo. In the market, tea normally sells for $4.20 per kilo. During the seven months ending January 2023, Pakistan imported only 363.8 million worth of tea. During the past seven months, tea volume declined by 4.35% to 145,700 metric tons, down from 152,350 metric tons in fiscal 2022. The online Taste Atlas, a travel guide to local cuisine, names several teas among the world's most beloved beverages. Hong Kong Milk Tea ranked first with a score of 4.9 out of 5 among the 100 best-rated non-alcoholic drinks in the world. Masala Chai was third, Maghribi Mint was fourth, Thai Tea ranked seventh, and Darjeeling was tenth. Hong Kong milk tea, sometimes called silk stocking tea, was inspired by the British. It is made with a strong black tea mixed with evaporated milk and sugar. Tea drinking dates to the reign of King Rama IV in 1804 in Thailand, but modern Thai tea can be traced to the introduction of canned milk, a blend of strongly brewed Ceylon tea and carnation sweetened condensed milk, is favored. 
The tea was introduced during the reign of Field Marshal and Premier Pabul Songram in 1938. Cha Yen, as it is known in Thailand, is often made with locally grown landrus, asamaka leaves, and spices, and is sweetened with coconut milk or whole milk with crushed ice. The orange color is an American innovation. Arvinda and Intheraman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for Sales 7, the week ending 18th February 2023. In news this week, the 132nd Annual General Meeting of the Assam Branch of the Indian Tea Association was held at Jorhat on 18th February. Chairperson Nayantara Pal Chaudhary, who spoke at the event, highlighted the problems facing the industry. She was quoted as saying that a further increase in production is not an option, and rather an increase in prices along with sustained emphasis on quality is necessary. In auction, sales 7 saw a little over 5,000 tons of tea on offer, with about 79% sold. The top three grades continue to be BP, followed by BOPSM and BOP. North India saw better demand to speak for orthodox tea with 90% sold at an average price of 160 rupees a kilo. CTC also saw improved sales with 82% sale volume. Some Darjeeling on offer was picked up. Prices improved over last week for all tea grades except Darjeeling. And Middle East continued to be active for exports in Calcutta. South Indian auctions saw a decrease in sales from the previous week. Prices were largely unchanged. In weather, Upper Assam expected to see mostly cloudy weather with light to moderate rainfall. Darjeeling is also expected to see some rainfall. And no rainfall is predicted in the Nilkiris. But Munnar saw sub-zero temperatures again last week, which coupled with higher daytime temperatures has caused a real problem. The Kanandevan Hills Plantation Limited in Munnar has reported an expected decline in yield because the recent frost attack has caused the wilting of tea plants across five 550 hectares owned by the company. Media reports say the last time this extent of damage was seen was in 2014, when 800 hectares of tea bushes were destroyed by frost. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Nish. I grew up in an organic tea farm and founded Nepal Tea Collective in 2016. Tea is not just a beverage for me, but a catalyst for social change sustainably empowering hardworking artisans like my parents for the past 30 years. I'm on a mission to make the whole world aware of the goodness of Nepali teas and the good that comes from supporting growers in this remarkable land. If you haven't tasted Nepali teas yet, you're missing out. Our award-winning teas are making headlines. Find out why. Visit Nepal Tea Collective's website to get a free sample of this extraordinary taste of the Himalayas. That's nepalteacollective.com. Or just send me an email at nish, N-I-S-H, at nepalteacollective.com. Cheers. This week, TBiz explores the true history of tea a meticulously researched yet readable 280 pages of travel back in time. Reviewer Kyle Whittington, the founder of the Tea Book Club in London, describes the work of sinologist Victor H. Mayer and journalist Erling Ho as, quote, 
One of those rare instances where, rather than the dry read that the title suggests, the reader is instead treated to an engaging and captivating page-turner, end quote. For the hard-working, frugal West Frisian peasants, tea had several advantages over coffee. It was cheaper and did not demand special utensils, such as a roasting pan and a grinder. And in times of scarcity, such as during Napoleon's continental system, weak tea tasted better than weak coffee, making it easier to stretch. And that's a quote from The True History of Tea by Victor H. Mayer and Erling Ho. Hello, I'm Carl Whittington, founder of Tea Book Club. I thoroughly enjoyed reading this book, for it is one of those rare instances where, rather than the dry read that the title suggests, the reader is instead treated to an engaging and captivating page-turner. Somehow, the clearly extensive academic research behind this book has been cajoled into an engaging text that reads easily and leaves you wanting more, more, more. It invites delving down rabbit holes to explore further the places and people that are packed into it. Having Google alongside... To look things up whilst reading is one approach. Indeed, if there was one criticism felt by many, it was the lack of footnotes within the text. For the hardened tea readers, we wanted to know more. We wanted to know where we could go to find out more. For, if there was one thing that this book did better than any other tea history book out there, it is in presenting us with new areas of knowledge and different tellings of familiar stories in the great and long history of the tea plant, beverage and customs of tea. From the Mongolian tribes to the Australian outback, we were taken to lands, explored customs, and followed the progress of the humble leaf in areas that are otherwise rarely explored. Take, for example, the chapters We Invented the Samovar and Conquering New Lands, which explored the Russian caravan tea trade and the Islamic world of tea, respectively. In the wider pantheon on tea books, these areas are rarely touched upon, so to explore them like this was a treat indeed. In such a fast-paced yet in-depth global exploration of tea, the summaries at the end of each chapter really help to ground you in what you just absorbed, to give the veritable tea leaves of our minds time to unfurl and take it all in. There are also little mini-studies scattered throughout the book, defined by a border and of no more than two pages which explore in detail a topic that sits alongside the body of the chapter. Additionally, the book features three fascinating appendices perhaps the most interesting of which is an exploration of the word tea itself. A must-read for any linguists out there. The appendices themselves are thoroughly referenced, which leaves one wondering if perhaps the reason for the lack of references in the body of the book was to turn this phenomenal work of research into the readable page-turner that it was. In which case, job well done. Page-turner it most surely was, and a welcome addition to any tea-lover's bookshelf. This is a book to which I'm sure we shall all return to from time to time to look up snippets of tea history. Tea Book Club is an international group of tea lovers and readers who meet up virtually each month to discuss the tea books we read. My book reviews are a combination of my own thoughts and those of Tea Book Club members. Here's what Tea Book Club members thought. A literary style history which was very immersive. It was very comprehensive. It added nuance to everything we're told about tea. The stories we're familiar with. It shed a different light on them. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good mix of telling the broad scope of the story, but enough details that you really got a feel for the place and the time. In 
intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.